Welcome to On the Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon, and thank you for joining us today. As you know, On the Brink is all here to get you off the brink. My job is to help you see, feel, and think in new ways so that you can change. And people hate to change. So I have to bring you great people who are going to help you see things through a fresh lens. And if you can, all of a sudden your brain will have this epiphany and I'll go, oh, I can do that. And that's what I'd like to do. So today I have the honor of bringing you Emma Mill Sheffield, all the way from the UK. Now, I was honored to be interviewed by her for a blog that she writes, but I think you would like to know more about her. I love her mantra, life is short, so let's crack on. She is a Brit, sort of. And so we're going to talk about how to crack on. A little bit about why she's so important for you today. Emma started a, an organization called Mindsetup, her consulting business. And she spent 15 years in industry leading major sales pursuits, sales efficiency projects, process improvements, all kinds of things. Worked for KPMG and in the creative and digital industries, has experience across the public sector. So with this great background, she decided to turn herself into a person, a consultant, who's going to help others do great stuff. Her leadership coaching encourages humility and vulnerability which is a core of developing high-performing team, and purpose and passion is as well. And she leans on her experience of resilience and bouncing forward. I always like, I taught a course on feedback the other day, and they said, well, we really want to feed forward. This is really about looking ahead so we can do better now. So with the life story about life is short, let's crack on, let's crack on. Emma, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for inviting me. It's such a pleasure. Tell our listeners about who is Emma? What is your journey? What's your story? Because it's a great one to share and others will see you as a role model that they too would like to become. So who is Emma? Oh, thank you. That's, uh, I have to live up to that now. So it's a really lovely introduction. Thank you. And I am, as you may be able to tell from the accent, British. I live uh, south of London uh, on the seaside. It's not quite as glamorous as some of the US um, coastal resorts, I'm afraid, but it's still it's still kind of fun. I've got a husband, a 15-year-old son and two cats. But really, my I suppose what I actually do and what I contribute, I would like to say, I always think it's different. You know, what I do is one thing, but what I contribute is something else. And... As a consultant now, I help businesses to become more efficient, more productive, and more resilient. And that comes from a real deep sense and a deep kind of story, which I'll go on to in a moment. But because I do other things outside of of work, as it were, for me, it's about being so kind of purposeful, organized and purposeful. That means I can also chair the board of a charity. Um, I can take part in other community activities and really kind of give back and do more. I think we're often defined by our jobs otherwise. Well, that is interesting for the listener. Uh, Emma is a fellow of the RSA, the chair of the board for charity grassroots suicide prevention and mentors small businesses and students. So when you think of us as being a whole people, it's important that you two think about what is it beyond the things that you do and how you do it that can begin to add great value. And one of the podcasts we had with uh, Lisa McLeod talked about purpose, purposeful, makes better salespeople, passion. I know we talk about it, it makes it seem simple, but um, you know, once you have a reason for doing things well beyond the job itself, somehow it all gets better. So talk to us about how we should crack on. What, what is it that you do to help people do just that? So I think for me, it's about, if I go back a little bit and talk about my story, the, the purpose 
piece. You want people to say, right, let me find purpose. And we all want it. But it's so hard to define. I think we, we're kind of conditioned. We have school, we have further studies, we have jobs, and we have purpose. Maybe we have kids, therefore we have purpose. <laughs> so, so many people, especially women, suddenly go, but there must be something else. So I found my, I would like to say, purpose maybe only sort of three, four years ago. And I was, you know, an average student. Well, I was academic, but I was also a bit arty and a bit sporty. So I was kind of a bit of everything. And I was supposed to do the sciences. And then I thought, no, no, I'll do the arts. And, you know, I, I kind of found my way, went out to work. And, and, and that was it, really. But then I had a massive um, life trauma, massive bereavement. So when I was 22, I lost my sister and she was 37 at the time. So we had a big age gap, 15 years. But we were like that. We were so close. And I hit the skids, to be expected, to be honest. And part of me going as low as I could go was then learning slowly how to rebuild and come back. And so in my 20s, I then said, right, whatever I do now, if I'm going to go out to work, because then I had my, my son, if I'm going out to work, I'm going all out. I'm not going to do a half and half because if I'm out of the house away from him, I've got to make it count. And so I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. We had the global um, financial crisis and you just keep working and you keep commuting two hours a day each way and you just keep hanging on. And I think I got stuck on that treadmill until I was coming up to 37, which was the anniversary of, which was the same age as my sister's passing. And I thought, oh, what do I do? I had got into this kind of real funk. It was, how do I get through this? Because I get another day that she never had very soon. And I get to almost not live for both of us, but it was a really profound kind of groundswell of change for me. And I thought I could have a pity party. I could, you know, I don't know what to do. I could reflect. And actually it was similar time to seeing John O'Leary, which uh, you may be familiar with him. He's a fantastic speaker and he's got a fantastic life story. And he talks about these inflection points in life. And there was me listening to every podcast I could consume going, you know, what is my purpose? What do I do? I have to do something. And it was only then it really triggered this change that meant I have to do something for other people. I have to help them see life is short and how can we do something more with it? And so that was my kind of the epiphany. And it took a while to work it into something tangible. I was like, just do, do stuff, help people, help everywhere. How can, I, how can I do that? And then, yeah, but I've also got a mortgage. And it took a while to, to realize it. And then I thought, well, hang on, I've got this great corporate experience of managing big projects and leading complex teams and global teams. And I thought, well, how about I put it together? Is there power in that? And so is there power in saying, this is how you can cut through the noise, cut through the stuff we get distracted by and really start to get a sense of purpose of understanding what it takes to be resilient, to be vulnerable and to really show up as you, who you are in the workplace to help others also go, oh, thank goodness it's not just me. And just really kind of, create that cultural change. And so I think, you know, that was my, that was the purpose piece. And so for me, it means I can 
I can also work across in charities and do other things and have that, we call it a portfolio career, don't we? You know, it's it's kind of the entrepreneur's um, lifestyle, but a little bit of lots of different things, which I feel so much richer for now than I couldn't have done if I'd defined myself as having a job. Well, you're also realizing um, that who we are and our story is who we are. Um, is far more complicated than what we do. And as I often talk about, the neurosciences are showing us that uh, you have a story in your mind that you live. And the reason I love to share the story is that yours has evolved over time with these crisis moments, but also these personal deep reflections about, you know, who am I? Is more than what I do. What can I share in some fashion? How do I help others? And they too can benefit from what I'm doing. But this is a lot about collaborating with your mind. And I think your mindset up title is a very important one because I preach to folks, you can collaborate with your mind. And if you want to be depressed, you can wake up every morning depressed. But if you can collaborate with your mind, and it sounds like you've gone through that kind of transformation, changing the story, and all of a sudden beginning to see the value you bring to others. Now, I want to ask you, how did you bring value to people? Because we talked about you get them to understand their mindset and yeah. how their minds are, are helping or hurting, about how you can share with them, you know, let's get on with it. Life is a single day. I'm giving you my, let's somehow collaborate to help both of us because I have a hunch you benefit from their aha moments as I know I do. So share with the listeners, how did you turn this into a very robust um, opportunity to, I'm going to say consult, coach and, and support others so they can do better as well? I think it's having an empathy and having a deep understanding with people. We I think we often build ourselves up and we're in, in the workplace with this kind of suit of armour on because this is how we have to show up to succeed and kind of battle our way to the top. But by really just sitting with somebody empathetically and saying, okay, I get there's more to this, you can really start to forge that trust and build those bonds together, which means they do start to open up and they naturally trust you because you're not going in there with a sales spin. You know, it's not kind of, hey, trust me, because I'm amazing. I am. No, I'm joking. Um, it's, 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 you have to just get, sit with somebody. I think there's no, you know when something's not right and you know when somebody's got too many layers and, and walls built up. And there's a time and a place for us to do that. But I think it's exhausting when you're trying to do that constantly, um, in the workplace or in your business or at home. So by understanding being vulnerable, and Brené Brown talks a lot about this, um, vulnerable and, and being humble, you build trust. You listen, you feel with people. And I always felt I didn't want to be defined by my story. And so I built a wall up. And for many years, it was like, nope, this doesn't define me. Then I realized actually it was my strength because it meant I could understand people better. And that was the aha moment for me. It was like, oh, I get it. This is why I, I don't, you know, I can sniff out the toxic environment and think, no, nope, not for me. I don't want to play in that space because there's too many politics, there's too many egos, there's lots of, um, there's too many battles going on. Now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. Simon Associates is us. 
And we love to help you see, feel, and think in new ways to help you and your business grow. We specialize in applying the tools and methods of anthropology, but we're also entrepreneurs and business builders. And we like to share our experience and expertise with you. So if you're stalled or stuck or starting up, give us a buzz and let's see if we can help you as well. You can learn all about us at simonassociates.net and read my book, learn about it at andysimon.com. There's a free chapter you can download and a toolkit you'll find very helpful. We're on Amazon and you can buy it as a book, an ebook, or even an audible that I recorded myself. We look forward to hearing from you at simonassociates.net. Info at simonassociates.net is right to us. Now back to our podcast. Interesting listening to you because on the material you sent to me, I thought we would be talking about tactical and practical things like business strategy or organizational development or leadership coaching. And I do those things. But in fact, we're talking about the evolution of Emma and how in the process you've been able to now offer value to your clients in very innovative ways. And that comes from that empathetic leader who can open them up, let them begin to hear their stories. And since we're all storytellers, I have a hunch you listen a lot. Uh, and then you help them do these other things. Do you help them in an innovative way? I think by finding strength in their story and their, and there are some experts who work with story. But by having people open up, they realize I can lead this way and I can lead my business this way rather than, oh, no, no, I have to keep everything hidden away. This is me in work mode because that's disingenuous. But once you start to unpeel those layers and say, this is me as a leader, I can now be more humble. And actually it's a strength. You start, they start to evolve and they become stronger and their relationships become stronger. So that's the kind of, that's the more innovative approach than saying, hey, there's a a matrix you can work your way through, or there's an acronym you can follow because all of these tools have a place, but it's about understanding you to then know what works for you as to how you can then apply things. Otherwise, it's not knowing how to work your way out through the toolbox, really. <laughs> well, and that's why so often uh, consultative work fails um, because, in fact, you're trying to push onto somebody a model or a methodology developed somewhere which may have been fine. I have had many clients who tell me they're, they're Michael Porter stuff or they're really Simon Sinek stuff, and I love Simon, but they, they become embraced with somebody else's thinking and forget that it has to fit into their own mind. Because mm. If your story doesn't have that in there, it rejects everything. That doesn't, And if, if you're trying to put in foreign stuff, the unfamiliar is very frightening and the amygdala just hijacks it all. So it becomes a self-awareness, and then you help them discover the ways that they can do better. Is there a case study or two you might be able to share where that actually worked for them? I would say, so a recent um, student I was mentoring, actually, has been, she's had a really phenomenal year. So coming to the UK from Bangladesh, phenomenally clever. Um, she was studying her master's. She got a distinction in sort of finance and she was, and I was, I was daunted going into the first meeting thinking, okay, she's really clever. And then (laughs) I thought, okay, this is not how mentoring works. This is about how I share. So we, we just started to build that when I realized she wanted help with her resume and very practical things. But then it started to turn to resilience and the fact that she was, a long way from home in another country. She had concerns over finding a job. Um, 
things like visas and practical stuff. But then we went into lockdown. So where we were, that was it. We all went home. And so we'd be having our sessions on Zoom. And I thought, wow, you're, you know, you're on your own in the halls of residence at the university. You're trying to apply for jobs. You're trying to interview online. And her resilience was really taking um, a knock. And so it was more important to say, look, the job applications are over there. That's fine. But this is about working with you and understanding you sometimes have to stop. You have to stop studying. You have to go out for a walk, whatever's permitted. You need to, to give yourself permission to, to craft, to read, to do something that isn't hard academics constantly. And ultimately, she found a fantastic job um, at, at the World Bank. She's gone there. She's moved there to, to start the job. She's, we keep in touch. And honestly, the testimonials are just lovely because she feels so much more more there's more permission to be her more permission to say as a woman you can succeed um and actually your strength your strengths are those female characteristics and traits and your success and then it's now for you to start helping someone else and so it's kind of like a a, a nice circle um where she's she's much more confident and realized that it's okay to be to stand on her own and take her space um, and be bold with it. So that was really lovely to see because that was kind of a transformation of someone who felt that she'd be defined by her work and defined and to an extent held back being being a woman. Well, but you see, that's we have a new book coming out, Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It comes out in January 2021. And I don't know when the podcast is going to be published, but it's about the same time. And it is about women who had to smash the myths, but often... Uh, it was difficult to find a mentor who could help them. And they were solo acts along the way without a big orchestra to, to support. Mm -hmm. But several of them said, though, I want to talk about the men who mentored me. Because in the absence of having women who were in senior positions to be my mentors, uh, I was actually embraced by men who wanted to develop us. And I share that with you because it's important for men to see their roles for women as well as women for women. And it's far bigger than any one of us. But it also, what you're describing is contagious. I wrote the book so women would have role models. Um, we have a program at Washington University called the Simon Initiative for Entrepreneurship. You would appreciate it. And many of the women in the program needed role models. They didn't want to be Sheryl Sandberg. Uh, they wanted more to be like Maxine Clark. You know, How do you have an aha moment and turn it into a Build-A-Bear business? You know, what is it that we can do to help each other? But also the fact that there's a contagion there. I have a hunch that woman now is going to be a better mentor and even a coach for those who she is around. And I hope she thinks of it both for men and for women because she can help them both do better yep. together. Yep. It's, um, it, it's an interesting time of transformation. So another case or is that your favorite for now? That's my favorite for right now. But generally across business, what I see is people who... I'd say it's it's that permission to be themselves um, that really creates success when they realize they can step out of different boundaries, they can change their business strategy, they can have more of what they want, and they don't have to they don't have to fight for what they thought they needed to run a business. Uh, if they want to relocate because that's what works for them and they want to create a new life, well, great, that's fine. Let's let's work on how your business might align in that new region and who your audience is and 
you know, what their different needs are. So, yeah, that's quite, it's quite general across um, quite a few businesses. But it is nice when you see people really grow and change. And that's, you get that in the one-to-one coaching, especially around kind of career coaching and changes and that sort of thing. You know, with the book, we're coming out with a new program, Rethink Your Journey with Andy Simon. And I'm listening to you, and that's exactly the kind of people who are stuck and stalled. We're working with um, dozens of women now who are stuck and stalled. They're not quite sure how to rethink their own life's journey, as you have done. In a sense, you are um, a prototype of a woman who has rethunk her her journey. (laughs) Turned um, something that was very traumatic and tragic into something that um, impelled you, you know, pushed you forward and compelled you to do better than um, than just being. And I think this is a becoming that's a story that's great to share. So now, a couple of things you'd like our listeners to not forget, because they often remember the ending better than the beginning, and I can't get them to rewind in order to go back and hear your story at the beginning, but there are a couple of lessons learned that I think are important for them to walk away with and remember and try themselves. What would you like? I'd say resilience is, it's often called like elasticity or how you bounce back. But bouncing forward is also a really positive thing. And, and post-traumatic growth is, is, is real. And I would encourage people as a tip to think if you've gone through something traumatic uh, at any stage in your life, what can you learn from it? How can you build on it? And how can you do something with it? That energy, that, that sense of what next? So that would be my first tip. And um, second tip around being you and understanding your story because often that really links to purpose uh, and then that's the next step as to what you want to do with it. Well I think that's great. I'm working with an organization and we talk about having a a purpose and passion, having a focus and then having fun and I want to emphasize a little bit there don't think that this is all I don't know why work is seen as hard and the opposite is fun which is not work but you are one person to your point And the inside, the workplace, and the outside are the same, although sometimes we forget about it. People ask me about life-work balance. I said, you are. You know, let's figure out how to make a life that's balanced everywhere you are, because it's hard to do one without the other and vice versa. And I'm, I'm a devoted person who loves the work I do, but I also have a great deal of fun doing it, but also afterwards. So I'll add a little fun to your, your members. If they want to reach you, Emma, where is the best place to get a hold of you? LinkedIn is fantastic, connects us even though I'm all the way across in the UK. Um, So you can find me on LinkedIn, but also on my website, www.mindsetup.co.uk. I love working in the States and I've I've done it in the past. So uh, I used to fly in and fly out like like Mary Poppins, but it's something that I love to do. So uh, don't think that uh, we need be strangers because of the distance. And I have many, many, many listeners and friends in both Europe and actually all over the globe, but also in the UK. And we've had many publications in Dubai these days. So God only knows what's going on across the globe that makes a little anthropology hot and and rethinking your journey smart in a time for women to really become the best that they can be. So I hope those who are listening, and I will say farewell to you, I hope you stay safe, become the best that you can. Remember my new book, Rethink, um, with that Rethink Smashing the Myths of Women in Business is out in January 2020, and it's available on all the major booksellers and Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can buy it in bulk on Porchlight, 
but I'm sharing with you the stories of 10 women and myself, like Emma, who can be role models for you and for others. And some of the reviews that are coming out are touching. One gentleman gave us five stars on a wonderful review and said, I think of this book for my daughter who's 17, and I've been worried about what she will become. At first, I don't want the platitudes, but here I have women who've done it, and they are perfect role models. I remember Marion Edelman's quote, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And so the whole idea is look, see, and then you can become. This has been such fun. Thank you, Emma. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for joining my podcast. It's been wonderful. I'll say goodbye to everyone. Please stay safe, stay well, and smile. Have fun.